Pakoda came out with its preseason predictions, and I'm going to tell you why it's not as bad as you think. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alongside Sam Olber, I'm Matt Cozy. Sam and I are lifelong fans, taking our passion into a discussion with you on all things Cubs. Thank you for being part of the show and making Locked On Cubs your first listen today. And the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, like the video, and comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section how many games you think the Cubs will win this season. Today's Wednesday episode is presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Baseball Prospectus released their annual projections on Tuesday, and they have the Cubs at 80 wins and 82 losses. Pakoda as the projection system is known as baseball prospectuses advanced algorithmic system and uh boy does it seem to generate conversation every year around this time the cubs win total of 80 is low and it is believable however we are going to explain why this illustrates a few different things including lots of room for improvement sam how are you feeling today Hopefully better than yesterday and first impressions of the Pakoda projections. I feel all right. Um, look, I have a couple things before we get into Pakoda. <laughs> you know how I feel about this stuff. Um, I have Just a bone wait till I start looking up power rankings later this week. I have a bone to pick with you publicly. Sure. I went back and watched the tape from our show yesterday with Daniel and yourself. And I just want to let the people know the answers to my trivia questions that you gave me. Okay. Number one, I got correct. It was 1988 was one of the answers. Mordecai Three Finger Brown, right. Frank Chance, Hack Wilson. Uh, 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 what, what was I born in 1890? Cubs history. Oh, no, that was... Even a couple people let me know that they felt like I got Jim. So um just wanted to say that publicly. Well, that's um, great. So. Um, as far as Pakoda goes. Um, Go Cubs. Look, I actually think that this is a positive thing for the Cubs, and I know you don't agree. Here's why. The total, yes, 80 wins seems dangerously low. If you dig into some of the projections that they have, they're ridiculous. Uh, if th th they project Shota Imanaga to have a 5.08 ERA, right. they project Justin Steele to have an ERA over four. They project the best hitter 
on the Cubs to be Seiya Suzuki with a 255 batting average and an OPS in the mid sevens. So the way I look at this is it actually is a defender of how high the Cubs floor is because for whatever reason, Pakoda is giving the absolute worst possible case scenario for many of the Cubs players. And yet they're still at 80 wins. This is a computer system, maybe because Imanaga doesn't throw hard and he's up in the zone a lot. How do they actually know what he's going to project like in the major leagues? He's never pitched there, right? Justin Steele is not a computer-friendly guy. He's a he's a cut-ride fastball. He gets a lot of weak contact guy. The computers are always going to project that he's going to struggle more than he actually will. So if... If Imanaga's 5.08, Steele's over four, Tyone's in the mid-fours, and the best hitter on this team is supposed to be Suzuki having a really poor season by, I think, his expectations. If Let's say Imanaga has a 3.85. There's an extra two wins right there. Let's say Steele's the same guy he was last year. There's an extra two, three wins right there. Let's say Seiya Suzuki continues. And these are just three names. Let's say Seiya Suzuki continues that momentum and he's an 840 OPS guy and he's playing in the All-Star game. There's another three wins right there. Two plus two plus three, seven. There's 87. So there is what I say to happening P- here. What, what I say to Pakoda is thank you. Thank oh, you. I thought you were gonna tell him to shove it or something. No, I don't do that on a public show where we have listeners that are underage. Um what 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 I what I say to Pakoda and all those beautiful people that work hard over there um, is thank you because you have set you have showed us what the absolute worst case a season a Cubs the Cubs could look like um, and you have showed us that it wouldn't even be that bad I mean eighty wins is not what we're looking for but it's not a disaster. And I would argue, Matt, the Cubs floor is probably 80 wins. This doesn't account for the other big move that they're probably going to make, which we're all tired of hearing about. But I, I like it. Now, if they had the Cubs at 80 wins and they had Imanaga, you know, projected to pitch well. And right, that'd be concerning. Be low to mid threes. Then then that would tell me, okay, there's something missing here. Yes. How do we know, how do we know a guy that's never pitched in the major leagues it's going to have an ERA over five. He'd be one of the worst starters in the sport. Excuse me a moment. <coughs> yeah, that would mean that he he didn't was not a sufficient replacement for Stroman. Sufficient. I mean, he would he be would a, be, a, he he would be, be a, a below average pitcher by a lot. He would be a sufficient replacement for Carlos Silva. Right, he's getting hit around all the all around the park with that ERA. Yeah, listen, good job, Pakoda. If Ibanaga has an ERA over five and Steele ERA over four by July, we'll be doing trivia what, three times a week. Oh, man, I do not want to do that. So uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by those. So know, what I'm players. hearing is like a combination of hidden potential and promise. You know, I, I like the better than you think tagline. Um, but... You know, the, the, and it's weird because the individual projections are behind a paywall. The standings are not. We have the starter ERAs and Suzuki numbers, courtesy of the, the at least that's courtesy of the fine folks at Bleacher Nation, right? Um, where I got it. And Steele four oh seven, Tyone four thirty three, Hendricks four sixty, Imanaga five oh eight. Well, I forgot about Hendrick four sixty. Yeah. What was he last year? Like three seven, something like that. I mean, they just think that all these guys are going to stink. And in the fine prints, you know, Suzuki's slash line two fifty five, three forty one, four forty three. Bleacher Nation says it's the 
the best overall slash line. Exactly. So if he's their best, if he's projected as the offensive leader with that, and by the way, a meager 21 homers as well from say, uh, then the Cubs are going to win 67, 68 games. Exactly. Uh, so since I've reached out to Sam earlier today, you know, I, first of all, no one, no other Cubs show today will have this angle. I don't have to spell that out anymore at this point, but they just won't. Um, but they I do think they're more promising the than they the than they appear. Because um, this is, and again, the other layer to this uh, is is a couple things. Current projected win total. So, Sam, 80 wins right now. What is it if just Bellinger is added? Just Bellinger. I think 83. Okay, 83. Then, does the computer system... Account for Craig Council, yes or no? Probably not. No. no. That I am comfortable saying, and this is extremely conservative, extremely, that he's worth a handful of wins, handfuls. Let's just say four to be extremely conservative. That's that's more that that makes a difference, especially when you see the Pakota standings, the fan duel odds. They have the Cardinals at 85, Cubs at 80, Brewers 79, Reds 78, Pirates 73. So we've established through multiple outlets that the division is mediocre, maybe even more than we thought, especially now post-Burns trade last week to the from the Brewers to the Orioles. And uh, I do think that there's something untapped here, and it is better than – better than we think because I had the title ready. Yikes, exclamation point. No. Chicago Cubs projections are bad, but that's not what it is. Find a new host. That's not what it is though. Dude. So I appreciate your perspective. Last year, right around this time. Last year, right around this time when we had far less listeners. We we did the over-unders. Right. Yeah, not, not great. And the team ended up winning 83 games and they should have won 90. <laughs> exactly. The Cubs have got to be one of the hardest teams to project. There's so many unknowns that could be negative, could be positive. That does part P- is similar to last year. Does Pakoda, you know, project about the contributions from a Canario, a Cade Horton, a PCA? No, no, they no, don't know no, no. what those guys could be. Right. Uh, uh, does does Pakoda, you know, p- project? I don't know why I put them in air quotes. <laughs> they exist, but you know, do they project you know, what? what Suzuki's really going to be and, and and what he had last year and the fact that Justin Steele, Kyle Hendricks, they're just using metrics, right? Kyle Hendricks is always going to be projected worse than what he is because he doesn't strike anybody out. <clears throat> what metrics are they using on Steele? The 407 is blasphemous. Yeah, because I'll tell you what it is. It's I'll, Let me pull up his page here. Just, you know, filibuster for me for I know seconds. he didn't finish the season well, but... Yeah, I'll... I'll, I'll give me a filibuster. You know, the hard and seconds. fast stats in addition to, you know, how much he improved. I I, I found that to be... I actually have no idea. I have no idea where they're coming in with Steele. I okay. thought maybe his FIP was worse than what it is. His FIP was phenomenal. So he had no luck last year. I have no idea. And you want to know another thing that I don't, you want to know another thing I like to ask the great people at Pakoda? 
baseball. Do they account for? Do they account when they account for Kyle Hendricks just blowing up and having a four six zero and Imanaga basically being one of the worst stars in baseball? Do they account for our defense? No. Do they account for 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 the contact? The ball's being put in play. Yeah, Kyle Hendricks is. What about base running? Kyle Hendricks is going to give up a boatload of contact, but if he keeps the ball on the ground again, and we have those two guys up the middle, Mr. Swanson and Mr. Horner, right. he's going to keep his ERA under four. So I, I actually forgot about Steele. So they have Tyone at four three three. I actually think that's pretty probably going to be right around where he's. Yeah, at. that didn't Maybe. strike me as outlandish. Uh, they have Steele at four oh seven, which is a full run higher than what he finished at last year. Crazy. I have Steele. Let me. T- can I tell you what I have? Yeah, sure. I got Steele at about 339, 340. Okay. <laughs> I got Hendricks right at four, right at four, projection wise. Maybe so 395, something like that. Yeah. So, and then I, Imanaga, I think his ERA is going to start with a three, man. Wow. Yeah. It's going to start with a three. So, oh, this I think team might could... win 97 games then. No, 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 no. I just think that these projections are blasphemy. Oh, okay, if word. Seiya Suzuki hits 255, then, you know, he could have a great year next year on Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if he's our best hitter at 255, then Jed Hoyer, Jed Hoyer is going to be a weekly guest on this show next year. <laughs> right, he's going to be looking to if, do something. So wait, can you? Can we just talk about, sometimes I think on this show, we get so carried away with the news, we don't just take a minute to think. I want everybody, if you're listening in the car, well, don't pull over. That seems dangerous. But Maybe when you get doing a, second, a load of laundry, doing a workout. Yeah, if, if you're not driving, everyone pause for one second, okay? Pause for one second. If Seiya Suzuki is the best hitter on the Cubs, with what, what was his slash line again? Can you re-pull that up for me? Let me, let me do his OPS. 255, 341, 443. 341 plus 443. If he's the Cubs' best hitter, if the best hitter on the Cubs doesn't have an OPS that starts with the number eight, they're going to win a heck of a lot less than 80 games, folks. Right. It's going to be closer it, to 70. It loses the credibility of the whole. Pro- Who's the second best hitter? What What is Hap? Hap had a 790 OPS last year. Does he get injured? Paywall. Is that in the projections? Right. It's behind a paywall. So. Cody Bellinger had an 881 OPS last year. So. <laughs> You know, uh, yes, maybe this doesn't account for Bellinger, but it's uh, with all due respect, uh, it's 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 not something. And you know me, there's nobody that overreacts more to to Cubs news than me. There's nobody that sometimes right. brings a half glass empty uh, uh, perspective to the table more than me. I'm laughing at this. Cheers, drive uh, here. Cheers, man. Cheers. Well, I'm going to keep an eye on the other projections. I'm going Don't. to keep an eye on the FanDuel odds, power Don't. rankings, uh, because they're entertainment. Keep an eye on March 28th at about 7.05 Central Time on the ESPN family and networks. That's what you keep an eye on. When, when the umpire rolls the ball out and they say it's time to play ball and Ian Happ steps oh, in go. against Nathan Eovaldi, that's when you start keeping track and tabs of that stuff, man. <laughs> and I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Oh I, I got a second. I got a second win back. <laughs> this this COVID thing. I'm I'm kicking its rear end, man. Um, I'll tell you this too. I, I I don't I don't care if any of our marquee guys struggle in spring training. 
we learned that lesson last year. Yeah, I'm not making that mistake again, man. No, no, I don't think it's necessary. Please? There's some spots to to review. Yeah, um, the, the, not the on a daily guys. basis, but definitely a, a frequent basis. Yeah, the fringe guys, the guys that are working. Please don't text me if Suzuki takes a couple called thirds in March seventh, dude. Please, <laughs> I, I, he'll be okay. Last Coming year, up we did next, three episodes on Swanson. He started out the year like he was Barry Larkin. Man. Coming up next, let's go around the National League with the Pakoda projections. Stay tuned. That's not. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This is Super Bowl week and happy football week to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. There's the game, food, commercials, halftime show and a whole lot more, and it's going to be a great game. 49ers and Chiefs. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's go around the National League with the Pakota projection, Sam, as I found it notable that the two worst teams projected reside in the National League, Nationals and Rockies, and the two best teams also reside in the National League with the Dodgers and Braves, who both, by the way, are projected at 101 wins. Playoff spots, Dodgers, Braves, Cardinals, Diamondbacks, Phillies, and Mets, the last three teams with the three wild card uh, positions there. Yeah, I think the projections right now are a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit fatiguing. Um, I, I do find it interesting that the NL is going to be a place that's both challenging and an opportunity to pile us pile up some victories well it's top heavy um it's very top heavy uh but two teams with well over 100 loss projections nationals rockies is, is pretty wild although they were bad last year as well and and why why are the why are the mets better than the cubs because because who cares they're not what's the evidence that they're better don't see this is what i don't like you're setting me up to make one of my basement jokes. Because FanDuel likes the Mets too. Well, they're also a public team. You know, people like to bet the Mets. I don't know. Like, uh, who knows, man? Pete Alonso and and who else do they have? Well, they have Lindor. Oh, right. Nimmo. They have Kodai Sanga. They have Jeff McNeil. They have Brandon Nimmo. I mean, they're they, they had a really you know they're similar to St. Louis. They had a very bad year last yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. Based on their talent, but look, that third wild card spot will be up for grabs, and the NL Central will be up for grabs. Absolutely. The other standout in these projections, I thought, uh, as we just take a detour from the NL, was the ALE standings caught my eye with the Yankees leading the way at ninety four wins. Blue Jays 88, Orioles 87, Rays 86, Red Sox 80. That's a lot of wins uh, for that division. Yankees at 94. Uh, 
projected to win that division by six games is a little surprising, but um, they have no idea. Wow, that is a crazy division. Oh, and uh, by the way, highly competitive. Awesome job by everybody. We're doing projections when there's like 10 major free agents left out there. Yeah, you know, they probably had this date locked in, but it would have uh, behooved them to wait this year. Kind of read the Would the room. projections change if the Cubs get Cody Bellinger and make they a change. huge trade? 100%. Of course they change. Um, Not worried about Pakoda. Coming up next. I do think the Mets are going to be interesting. Really? Because if they're bad, Alonzo might go at the deadline. Yeah, I think he will. But I don't no think indications that he's going to resign, so they they have to trade him in July. I after. don't think the Mets are going to be bad. I, I, I they'll be. Okay. I think the Mets and Cardinals. It's safe to say they're going to be better than they were last year. That doesn't mean I they're going to make so. the playoffs. But I would think, yeah. Well, what about the Padres? Yeah, they're what were they project? I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't care. But but even without Soto, I mean, yeah, they'll be okay. But that division you just had a lot of teams that underwhelmed. So. Right, which we'll is see. why last year was a missed opportunity for 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 this ball club. Yes, it was good, 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 good slash bad reminder. Coming up next, uh, let's let's start doing an opening day countdown. We did it on on Tuesday's show, but uh, with a little bit of a twist, and that's with jersey numbers. Stay tuned. Locked on sports today is the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. You can find it on YouTube as the show covers the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Search Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Seven days until pitchers and catchers report, 16 days until the first spring training game, and 50 days until opening day. We're going to, going to take some inspiration from Locked On Reds as the third segment for most of our shows, really, uh, throughout February and March. As we move closer to real baseball on March 28th, we're going to count down the amount of days remaining with players that wore that jersey number. Oh, I love uh, so this. Got, you know I love got, this. Absolutely. We got You know 50, I love this. We got 50 days left. Oh, I think 50 is a nice round number. And that means Thursday, we're going to be celebrating a certain bearded right-hander that uh, helped represent the best Cubs era uh, of all time. Uh, let's see. Can I, can, I, can I go or? Yeah. Well, obviously, I, I don't. I'm not good with baseball numbers, especially right. this high. But, you know, this is a Chicago team. So when I think number 50, I think 1985. Samurai I Mike. Think, I think middle linebacker. And I think Hall of Famer Mike Singletary. Would you like to go? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, famous number 50s. Yeah. I have, you know, I have some notables in Cubs history. Uh, but yeah, we could do it for all sports as well. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I I'm uh, bad with. You I'm, know, Singletary was the first that came to mind for me too. Okay, yeah. Um, it actually the longest stint with number fifty in Cubs history 
is only five seasons. Uh, Less Lancaster, 1987 through 1991. Uh, Shout out to Less. And Uh uh, other, there's really not a lot of notables here. Yeah, I I couldn't name one. I'd like to say that publicly. Other notables, if you want to call them that, include a a lefty reliever, 0607, Sam, Will Oman. Oh, Will Oman was not very good. (laughs) Dan Heron was a a trade deadline acquisition in 15. Uh, Rowan Wick had that number for four years uh, with the Cubs. And uh, right now it's Jamison Tyone. That's 50 days until opening day. Week number 50. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. A great number. We're gonna we're gonna stick with Singletary. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're gonna stick. I, trying to think, other Bears fifty. I mean, is there any 50, bulls? Any bulls? Oh boy, fifty would be tough on the bull. I think I think with basketball, obviously you have your number, you have your Dennis Robbins, you have your Michael at forty five, but mostly you you get right. cut off around in the thirties. That's um, what I thought. I'm trying to think of other football Bears ish fifties. You know, there isn't many because, you know, Mike. The number was, is the number retired? No, because I think the, I think there was a guy, let me look it up. I think there was a guy that wore 50 recently, like Williams, a linebacker. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, It's not retired. It wasn't. uh, The Bears don't really retire numbers. I'm trying to think though. I can't. Khalil Max was, was like, 52, right? Was it like Jamal Williams or something? Yeah, might have been. No, I don't I don't know, man. I gotta think of his name. Maybe it was Shay McClellan. Or Anderson. I ah no, McClellan, yeah. I think he wasn't 50. McClellan was no. 99. Oh, okay. Hold on. I'm gonna figure it out. Give me just give me 30 seconds. If I don't figure it out, we move on with the show. Well, I'm I think that uh 50 days for me really puts opening day. In front of me, James uh, March Anderson, twenty eighth, James number Anderson. fifty on the Bears. <laughs> Close. March twenty eighth is opening day. The Cubs open up at Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas, and and and, and one of the most underrated players at all baseball, Corey Seager, may not be in the lineup that night. Yeah, it sounds like maybe he'll be he'll return. He he may be in the lineup, but maybe he he'll may return. Be. Like the next weekend, I I, I heard on uh, on radio. No rush, um, Corey. Get yourself right. Long. Yeah, time. get yourself right. Get some get some abs in the simulated games in Arizona. Yeah, you're a postseason player. You don't have to worry about March. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, another episode down. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of Locked On Cubs. You give us 20 to 30 minutes, and we'll give you all things Cubs with a laugh or two along the way. Be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube, smash the like button for the algorithm, and leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you get your podcasts. For Sam Olber, I'm Matt Cozy. This is Locked on Cubs.